This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Storm Center. I'm your host, John K., being joined once again by my good friend. I can say you're a good friend now at this point, right? Yeah. Absolutely. We've been doing this enough times. Yeah. Okay. I'll just, we're on a first name basis and everything. I just want to double check. Uh, once again, being joined by my friend, Drew Everhart. Drew, how have you been? Not too bad. We're, we're getting towards the finish line. I can see it, and I'm pretty excited for it. So. Yeah. It's, it's in sight, and... It really doesn't feel like it while well, we're running everything down, but once we look ahead to next week, it really opens your eyes to how close we really are. Finals are next week. Really yeah. really bittersweet, I guess. I mean, a lot of, lot of stuff wrapping up this week. Right. It's it's a little bittersweet. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's really no better word than bittersweet and, uh, at the same point, I'm looking forward to it. At the same time, I don't really want to see the sports ending, but you know, it's what we have to deal with. So that's what we what we gotta do. Absolutely. I'll let you start it off, Drew. You have baseball, the lacrosses, track and field, tennis, tennis. So we'll go ahead and start with baseball. They went three and one over the weekend. First two games at Albion, lost seven to zero and eight to five. Then they come home, win the first game 14-1, but unfortunately fall 6-1 in the second game. In the first game at Albion, Josh Hugerworth, is that, am I saying that right? Yeah, I, I can Hugerworth. never Hugerworth, I can never figure it out anymore. He was handed a loss, and him and Austin Nuskin combined for seven strikeouts, one walk, but seven runs. And 13 hits. Then in the second game, trying losing 8-5. Connor Dove handed, handed the loss with one strikeout. Then Kyle Robinson and Drew Kebulak. Sebulak. Sebulak. And these names. <laughs> <laughs> names are hard. Yeah, they really are. Combined for three strikeouts, nine hits, and eight runs. Then the game where they won 14-1, Dalton Niekirk with two doubles, A.J. Mitchell with a double, Brendan Warner also with a double zone, Corey Erbscorn with a triple, A.J. Mitchell with a home run, Jay Conley with an RBI, Dalton Niekirk with three RBIs, A.J. Mitchell with four RBIs, Corey Erbscorn with three to him, and Matt Weiss having one as well. Adam Wheaton handed the win, of course, with a complete game. Only five hits, only one earned run, seven strikeouts. That's a that's a pretty good game from Adam there. Yeah, dealing. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what we're used to with him at this point. Yeah, just becoming accustomed to him having fantastic outings when he's on the mound. Yeah, it's expected, and he really lives up to it. Then we go to the final game where – they lost 6-1 to one to, Al- to Albion. A.J. Mitchell with an RBI. 
Drew Bradford handed the loss. Him, Cade Keel, and Bryce Blood combined for six strikeouts, ten hits, five earned runs, two walks, but one home run. Baseball, at this point in the season, they are 6-19, and 19, which they started out really slow with. They're really getting into it now. Kind of a setback with Albion, but hopefully they won't be too bad afterwards. And then conference, they are 6-10. and 10. My guy Cooper Lee, shout out to shout out to Coop. Uh, he said AJ Mitchell by the end of the season might catch Corey Herb scoring in the home run department. That's gonna be fun to watch. One one closer now. He's halfway there. Herb scoring's got four, but AJ Mitchell, man, he's talented. A lot yeah. of talent swinging the bat. A lot of talent swinging the bat. Fortunately, I haven't been able to get out and watch any baseball games. They're always on Sundays, and I got homework to do. It really sucks, but hey, try and broadcasting network, baby. <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to. Then we'll go on to men's lacrosse. They played against Hope at Shy Field on the 24th, unfortunately losing 13-5. to And let's see. Jared Shep, Matt Zanicelli, Klein Burkholder, Tyler Corliss and Noah Marcus all having one goal each with the five. And unfortunately, I believe that their season is over, so congrats to all the seniors on the men's lacrosse team. Can't wait to see them next year. Hopefully we'll be able to get more coverage on them. feel like we haven't done the best with it, but there's 14 sports. we got a lot to do here. (laughs) So they finished the season – Four and six overall with a three three and three conference. Not bad for a COVID season. It really is weird, especially just everything going on. Shout out to every all the athletes. It's tough. So then we'll go on to women's lacrosse. They played in the MIAA tournament at Hope, unfortunately losing twenty to twelve. Liv Gent with had a goal. Ella Daughtery had a goal. Danielle Gargulo. Had three goals, Kristen John with one, Kristen Yin with two, and Nikki Hibbler with one, and Alyssa Kepner with three. Again, I mentioned this last week. They really do score a lot. I really need to get out and watch them. It's Yeah, I worked I worked camera for one of the games two years ago. I think this was yeah, this was two years ago. Worked one of the women's lacrosse games and Kristen John literally had like 15 goals in about a 20 minute span and it was wow. just I was mind boggled I didn't know that was possible <laughs> right and then shout out to my guy Adam Burton I'll make sure he listens to this so he hears this uh he started putting me on the lacrosse in the fall and I didn't do my homework so hmm. yeah I feel bad but yeah that was nuts it seemed like it was like 15 it felt like 15 goals in in retrospect it was probably still like six or seven but it was just incredible she just walked down the field and boop right in the back of the net (laughs) easy peasy and i was like wow make it look so easy make it look easy so fortunately women's lacrosse season has ended they finished five and nine overall with one and five conference and now we will go on to men's tennis where they in their second to last match of 
that we know of. They swept Olivet 9-0, to zero, and we can say the same for women's tennis, also doing the same. Shout out to men's and women's tennis. And then on to track and field, we'll start with the men. Spent the whole weekend at the Gina Relays at Hillsdale College. Um, on the website it says that they were unscored, but we do have two MIAA Athletes of the Week for the men. They swept for both the track and field with Neil O'Brien winning the MIAA Athlete for track and Theo Samra winning for Field Athlete of the Week. And then for the women, same outcome, unscored. But again, track and field swept in everything for MIAA Players of the Week. Megan Theisman winning the track player of the week and Haley Livingston winning for the outdoor field athlete of the week John what do we have for all your sports well I'll start backwards this time we'll start from bottom to top very unconventional I know and I'll probably get confused so bear with me start with men's golf they kept their season off with a first place finish in the Kalamazoo Invitational and followed it up with a second place at the Alma Invitational finishing four strokes behind Kalamazoo at the KZU Invitational, they were beat out, or they beat out Calvin by two strokes, and senior Cameron Rouge led the way, shooting a 73, which is that's really good. That's better really than what I can do. On the, <laughs> solid day on the links. Um, put him in a tie for second overall, and then at the Alma Invitational, Rouge once again led the way with a 74, placing him third, and then Mark Savanich trailed him by one stroke, ended up sixth, tied for sixth <laughs> in the field. Really good week for the men's team, and yeah. they wrapped up their second straight MIAA championship by 46 strokes. Whew. Yeah, that's a... Man, I really need to get my golf game up this a, summer. That's a good season. Well, they'd be some good ones to learn from. Yeah. Women's golf, they ended their season on a tough note, finishing fourth at the Calvin Invitational, eight strokes behind Hope for third. Marie Sullivan led the way, shooting a 79, which was good enough for third among the field, and Jenna Dumont... Ended up 17th among the field, shooting in 85. They ended their season fourth in the conference. A tough, tough note to end on, but right. they'll they'll bounce back. Absolutely. We're resilient around here. Men's soccer, man. I wish I could have been here for this. Me too. Man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> tournament time. Yep. And we know how crazy tournament play gets. Uh, they turned it up. In round one, they trounced. Trounced? Yeah. That's a word? Yeah. Okay. I got scared. It didn't sound like it for a second. <laughs> you got it. Well, fine. I'll say it I'll say it this way. They ran over all of that, <laughs> blanked them, five zip. Troy Saylor stopped six shots en route to his fourth straight shutout. The scoring onslaught was started by Tyler Murphy just two and a half minutes into the game. Then Jared Cromwell, Brian Morris, Al Hassan Yaya, and Abraham Antar all found net. In the semis, the Thunder once again pull off the victory, 2-1 to one over Albion in double overtime. Gave up an own goal in the 32nd minute, but battled back with Brian Morris striking in the 89th, and Tyler Murphy drove home the game winner in double OT. But the final game, Thunder, just not a quite enough steam to pull it off as they lose 2-1 to one in overtime. Tyler Murphy scored early, but hope. Rallied back in the second half and hit the game winner in overtime. They ended their season 11-5, and five, but a run like that gives you a lot of confidence looking forward to next year. And I'm 
looking for a similar run next year from the boys. They they showed out in the tournament. Oh yeah, I was really upset because I was remember telling Andy Brown on the broadcast for a softball game. I was like, I want another T-shirt in my collection for championships, but wasn't able to get it. We got really close, but next year it's gonna be really fun. I think you're going to get one of those t-shirts next year. I hope so. Uh, women's volleyball, they lost their first round matchup 3-2 to two against Alma. They had the lead but just could not quite close the deal as Alma would rally back and ended up winning in the fifth set. Um, but, however, they did win the consolation final against Kalamazoo 3-0 next year looking for more. And I think they'll get it. They were in a good position to move on. Obviously, just couldn't quite close it out, and that's something that I think they'll do next year. Yeah, that team's going to be really fun to watch. Um, And then softball. Man, (laughs) what a run they're on right now. Um, Wow. We look back to last week. At the end of last week, um, they lost that game to Calvin, but, man, they went on a tear after that. Yeah. Looking back to the Olivet and St. Mary's series. Nine days ago, fifteen to nothing shutout, eight nothing shutout, and then this week, good lord, they only gave up. <laughs> ah, I can't spoil it. I can't spoil it. We'll start at the top. We went six to zero this week, and took sole possession of the conference lead. Absolutely, we'll get, we'll get to that in a second. I'm very excited. Very excited. They started it off sweeping Olivet 9-1 and then 5-0. Game 1, Ashley Swartout hit yet another home run. Had three RBIs on the game. Mercedes Darty and Scarlett Elliott both drove in a pair of runs. And Lexi Clark knocked one in for herself. Anna Keppel went the distance. Five strong, giving up the one run and spreading out four hits. Game 2, Lauren Clausen got the nod and went four innings strong, giving up four hits. Then Adrian Rosie came in and slammed the door shut. Where have we heard that one before? <laughs> yeah. Three innings, picking up the save, only allowing one hit. Darty un- added another two RBIs, bringing her total to four on the afternoon. Swart out Amanda Prather and Victoria Porter each drove in one for added insurance. And then the two-game season home regular – oh, my – Two-game home regular season finale against Adrian. There we go. Words are really hard. (laughs) Drew, you had the call on this one with Andy Brown. I was out of town doing internship stuff. Game one, 11 to nothing. Taylor Murdoch, two home runs, five RBIs. One of those a grand slam. Yep. I missed out. I missed out. So did O'Shea. (laughs) He was really really mad about it. (laughs) O'Shea. He's going to be bummed. Man, we're shouting out everybody in this this episode. (laughs) Speaking of shout-outs, huge shout-out to Bailey Vandegeese, and you'll hear an interview from her coming up momentarily. Great interview. Super, super cool. I think you guys are really going to enjoy that one. She was really great. She went three for three. She was a home run short of the cycle with an RBI. Sword out Porter and Elliott. Again, that sounds awfully familiar. Yeah. All pushed a runner across the plate. Keppel, complete game shutout, three hits, struck out seven. Dominant. (laughs) Enough said. Yep. Game two, six to nothing victory. Clawson, another strong start as she goes four strong as she goes four innings, striking out four and giving up three hits. Then Rosie got two of the final three outs on senior day. Hannah Campman gets to make her first appearance since April sixth. Comes in and strikes out the only batter she sees. 
no more fitting way for senior day to end than Hannah Campman striking somebody out. No, it was a great send-off, especially when um, the rain was really coming down. I think Coach D noticed, realized, like, hey, they're probably going to call it after this inning, so I got to get Campman in. It was really great. Her, her and Victoria Porter behind the plate, basically. Two battery mates have been around for a while, and it's, it was great to see. Yeah, they've worked a lot of games since Victoria Porter transferred here, and it's yep. been a lot of cool moments between then and now. Um, Darty drove in four on two doubles, and Bailey added another two RBIs for herself. And then they ended the week with a sweep of Alma. Game one, five to nothing. Ellie Trine drove in three, all coming on one double. She's been great this year. Yeah, I mean, we talk to, talk about it all the time. When it comes time to pick team MVP, well, good luck. Yeah, you might as well just give it to the whole team. At this <laughs> yeah, point. might They've as well. Been, They've been fantastic as a unit. Darty and Murdoch each tacked on one, and Anna Keppel picks up her 11th win of the season, which is second best in the conference, right behind Haley Ulrich, who she beat out in this game. Ulrich has 12 wins on the year. I don't think Keppel will stick around 12 for long. <laughs> she, again, went the distance, struck out six, another shutout. Just, Domination. Yeah. Next. <laughs> uh, game two, Lauren Clausen got the nod once again and the win, going three and two third, allowing three runs before she gave way to Rosie, who went one and a third, giving up her second earned run of the year and striking out two. Offensively, Ashley Swartout started the scoring for the Thunder, launching her conference leading ninth home run of the year. And it was pretty much on from there. Uh, Darty and Porter added. Two apiece, Prather, Elliott, and Maddie Flick all added one. Trying now 28-6 and six on the year, 14-0 in conference, as we talked about. Moved into sole possession of first place in conference. Which we couldn't be happier about at this point. Absolutely, especially coming up yep. to next week, which, drumroll please, will happen after this interview with Bailey Vandegeesen. Shout out to Coach D. We asked him who we should interview and first name he said was Bailey said she's worked her tail off and she's having a great season. It's really paying off. And we talked to her a little bit about that and some of the, some of the other things that have really affected this season. Yeah. Not to name names <laughs> COVID, but yeah. you know, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> watch out. Um, but yeah, super great interview. Super, super awesome person to really talk is. to. It was a lot of fun and really glad she could work that into her schedule. So, we'll let you guys know what's going on next week after you listen to that. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to a special. I guess we'll call. Uh, I don't know what to call this, Drew. What should we call it, Drew? <laughs> I don't know. Special um, section. Sure, that's the word I can think of. I completely blanked on what I was going to call it, but that's okay. Joining us today from the twenty-two and six. 8-0 in the conference. Softball team is senior catcher Bailey Vandegeesen. 329 on the season. Three home runs, 17 RBIs, along with five doubles, having a monster season. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? It's nice to have somebody in the studio other than Drew. <laughs> wow. I'm doing okay. pretty good, besides the fact that there's some snow on the ground. Late April, you know. It's killing me. It's yeah. Absolutely I, killing me. I don't even wanna I don't even wanna talk about it. Um but, however, what I would like to talk about is 
the season you're having, both individually and as a team, as we talked about, you guys are 22-6 and six on the year, 8-0 in conference. That's got to feel really good and a tight battle with hope at the top of the standings. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Freshman year, you saw the field a little bit more than you did the past two years, obviously COVID not helping last year any. But you had 22 at-bats as a freshman, and then you had 10 the past two years combined, 0 for 10, a little bit of a struggle. And then obviously this year, playing phenomenally. So just take us through that a little bit and uh, kind of what your mindset was going from struggling the last two years to this year. Yeah, sure. So obviously, um, I haven't had quite the campaign as I was hoping for, but, you know, over the past quarantine and the past two years, I've really uh, taken some time to better myself, um, both uh, offensively and defensively, defensively, to try and get myself, um, you know, as best as I can for whatever role um, the team needs me for. And this year just happened to be my year, so I'm making the most of it. Um, yeah, I mean... I would say so. It was going from two years ago, I guess. didn't really get to call many games last year, but your name wasn't one we saw on the lineup card a lot. So I was like, okay, interested to see what she can bring to the team this year. And, again, it's just been it's been high production. Coach had a lot of really nice things to say. I asked him, I was like, hey, thinking about interviewing a softball player, who would you recommend? And he said, Bailey. She's worked her butt off, and she's been obviously a huge contributor this year. Um so what would you credit most of the success you guys are seeing? You talked about it a little bit working over quarantine in the last two years for yourself, but as a team, you're a really young team, a lot of freshmen and sophomores. I think I counted eight freshmen when I went through the lineup doing some research. I didn't think to count the sophomores, but a really good mix of older players and younger players. So you guys, how, how does that dynamic work? And what, I guess, yeah, what makes you guys so successful? You don't have to tell any trade secrets, but. <laughs> uh, we won't get too deep, but um, I think it's kind of preached a lot that we can be ourselves. And, um, you know, it took a little bit for the freshman class to really open up. And, you know, we didn't really see that in the fall. And, of course, with COVID and everything, um, you know, it was kind of hard to transition and um, get those team opportunities where we could all hang out and kind of build our team chemistry. And I think. Uh, once we were able to practice in the winter season, we kind of made the most of um, what we could do as a team, getting to know each other and how we balance together. And uh, I think that's got a lot to do with our success this year is how we uh, communicate and trust each other. Um, so this is this next one might be a tough one to answer. But two years ago, you guys finished third in the nation, go down to Tyler, Texas, right? Tyler, Texas, is mm -hmm. that where it was? playing the NCAA tournament, uh, had an incredible run, lost a real heartbreaker to hope in the MIAA conference tournament here at home the night before game got stopped due to darkness. You come back the next day and end up losing on a walk-off home run and then get to go to the next round. You guys win in advance and then host the Super Regionals here at home, which was awesome to come down and, and broadcast. A lot of really cool stuff happened. But then going and finishing third in the nation, how do you think this team compares to that team from two years ago? Yeah, it's, it is a tough question. Obviously, um, everyone's a little different, but um, I think togetherness is something that both teams have in common, and people have accepted whatever role that they can or they have on the team. And 
uh, very team oriented and everyone is doing you know whatever job they have whether it be uh, base running or warming up pitchers in the bullpen uh, getting them ready for the next game um, and everybody knows their job and um, contributes what they can for the team and I think that's a reason why we are successful again this year. You talked a little bit about it earlier when we talked about the team success but working with the freshmen how what's it like you go from working with experienced pitchers a couple years ago with Hannah Campman and Kate Soppy to now you're working with four under or four underclassmen and Anna Keppel, Lauren Clausen, Elizabeth Cook and Adrian Rosie Campman's the only one left from that staff a couple years ago. What's it like working with the younger pitchers compared to the older staff a couple years ago? Is there really any difference or you know, I think a similarity is something that they both or they all come out and they work. You know, they want to get better every time. Um, there is a little bit of direction that has to be given to those younger pitchers that, you know, I felt like I didn't have to give to the older pitchers. But, you know, um, they've done a great job so far of listening and taking whatever direction, you know, me or Victoria give them, um, as well as listening to every word that Coach Smith gives them and um, trying to get better each day. I think they've really answered the bell, obviously. Adrian Rosie, yeah. MIAA Pitcher of the Week this past week, monster week, 16 strikeouts, and I believe it was 10 innings with a .7 ERA. Yeah. I mean, that's as a catcher, that's got to be nuts to be behind oh, the plate yeah. and, wit and witness that. Um, yeah, I'll let Drew pepper you with some questions now. Yeah, so um, obviously this year you're going to have a bunch of challenges, you know, COVID and all that. Is there anything that occurred this year that was challenging that you didn't expect? Um, I think definitely how much time we had to prepare for the season, you know, um, and that's something that, like I said, we had to take advantage of. Um, you know, we could be uh, working at whatever hours we're given, you know, um, time slots and stuff in the arc and Kettner, they're kind of slim to come by. And whenever we get a chance, we make the most of it. And that's definitely the biggest thing that's been the difference this year as far as practices and time, just time in general. And so I bet that would be tough because I feel like a lot of teams have time in whatever facilities there are, especially since what we have 14 spring sports yeah. going on, yeah. technically spring sports. Yeah. So. Yeah, but luckily the weather had been really well. Um, we were able to practice outside a lot. Oh, so. yeah, that is true. Yeah, it mm -hmm. has been really nice, except for this week for yeah, some reason. The last two days. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, you kind of already went into it, but, like, during quarantine, like, was it tough for you to practice, like, personally? Did you have to do, like, inside um, practices? Did you have to, like, find different ways to practice on your game and work defensively and offensively? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, obviously – like I said, the time slots were really limited, and, you know, you just take advantage of wherever you can practice. I mean, when I was home, I was practicing, um, you know, in my basement or in my garage. Every chance the weather got nice, me and my sister would go to our local Little League and, you know, hit some grounders, um, hit off the tee, hit off each other, um, and try and better ourselves. Yeah, so it's like – I live in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's nothing but cornfields surrounded by my house. So if I was an athlete, I could go out to my basketball court and work and on that. I was wondering how tough it was for someone because you're from Kalamazoo. I right? am, yeah. And, like, that's a bigger city. I was wondering, like, what that was like because, mm -hmm. like, I have a completely different experience. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
Really, how tough has the season been? Like, what's the toughest element? Like, time was one, but is there, like, anything else that was really tough? Um, obviously, time was, like you said. But I think this year especially, we've had quite a few more games squeezed in on, um, you know, the weekdays. I mean, I know a lot of people have missed a lot more class than usual, and that's something Coach D tries to avoid, you know, trying to not go back-to-back weeks where you're missing your Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes or you're missing your Tuesday, Thursday classes. And, um, you know, that can be tough for incoming freshmen who this is their first season um, experiencing what it's like to do school and play softball um, at this high level. Because transition to college it, as a student alone is hard enough, but I can't imagine being an athlete and then adding on this whole, you got you, you might have to miss some classes, mm-hmm. you might have to make up some stuff. But, uh, John, you got any, any others? Questions? Yeah. No, there's one that you, you want, have on your you paper. You just want me to do the rest of mine? There's one you're on your I didn't paper. Know if we were I'm going, really excited to hear I didn't know about. if we were going back and forth or not. No, you're good. But, I'm um, really excited to hear the one question you have. Are, are you excited to hear the answer? Yeah. Oh, here it is. Do you think that when the team is down, we said this a lot in the broadcast, mm-hmm. like when you guys are down, you seem to fight more and more every time, and it really is fun to watch. It's great to see a team that doesn't get down themselves. So do you think that you all are more encouraging than other teams? Obviously, you don't know what other teams are saying, but like mm-hmm. based on what you believe happens, do you think that you are more encouraging towards each other when you're down? Oh, for sure. I think, you know, um, we really have to come together as a team because, you know, especially when we're down more than one run, you know, nobody's on base, you hit a home run, you're, you're, still, you're still down. Um, you know, softball's a team sport, and I think that's where we really come together. You know, sometimes we talk about it all the time. A walk could be your greatest at-bat that day. You get on base, the next person comes up, drives you in. Um, and I think that's where we excel. Um, you know, ideally, we would like to be ahead most of the game and not have to come back and fight like that. But, um, you know, we like to keep everyone on their edge of their seats there, give them a little show. But, uh, yeah, I think we really come together like that. You definitely have us on the edge of our seats. Most of the time we stand up when we're in the booth. So yeah, it really I, is fun to watch you guys. I think recently the game that really showed your guys' fight was game two of the Calvin series last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Getting no hit, top of the fifth inning, and it's like I, I think I said it at one point, just, man, they just need to get something going. You know, the old adage, you have to walk before you can run. And I said, mm-hmm. you got to have to you have to get a hit before you can run. And Lexi Clark leads it off with, an, in, with a single. Mm-hmm. And then next batter up, Ellie trying two-run shot right back in it. I mean, yep. it's incredible. I just – I did it earlier in the season. You guys, at that point, you were like four and two or five and two in one-run games. You were had a bunch of come-from-behind wins. And I think mentally that's going to be huge going forward, especially when you get into postseason play. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it really shows like how much this team is willing to willing to fight for each other. Um, You know, giving everything we have all the time really makes a difference. Um, So obviously you're a catcher and there's a lot of rehab that goes into it. So like how much postgame rehab do you have? Because like I caught my senior year in high school and I swear I'll be in a wheelchair when I'm 30. I don't know how (laughs) people do it for an extended amount of time, especially how much you have back to back games. 
Yeah, so I'm very familiar with our trainer vet, our trainer Jess, uh, me and Victoria are. Um, she usually has our ice bags ready to go uh, right after the game, and same with our pitchers as well. Um, you know, she takes very good care of us, and that's something that um, I know we thank her a lot for, and we're very grateful for her for. Yeah, yeah it's just staff is really like credit to the athletes, but also much more credit to the staff. Like we saw after basketball won the. MIAA tournament they handed they had the janitors cut down the nets it was really special to watch and uh just also we want to thank you for sometimes you make our jobs harder by (laughs) having so many games but (laughs) we love doing it and um hats off to you for really going through this season it's I can't imagine how tough it is that's great thank you guys for doing such a great job hey (laughs) we try like I told coach D it's really easy when there's a good product on the field or on the court it makes our job so much easier and I mean you guys, like you said, you like to put on a show. You like to come from behind all the time. Drew, you got any more questions down there? Uh, I feel like I have one more. Um, do you have an athlete that you look up to or sort of pattern your game after? Yeah, so um, I think coming into Trine, I really didn't have someone that I looked up to. You know, I kind of just played my game. Uh, but after, after going through the program, you know, someone I really look up to is Lainey McHugh. You know, um, she'd work her butt off on in the classroom and on the field, and it, it showed. And, you know, that's someone I think that I take a lot of my personality traits from. And um, she's a great person. She's hilarious. And she's someone I look up to. That's great. Well, that's, that's all I have. That's awesome. I have one more question that I thought of. What piece of advice would you give to freshman year you or anybody that may be coming into college to play sports? Yeah, so I guess just don't forget where you came from and keep doing you no matter what. And, you know, you'll get that opportunity and uh, just make the most of any opportunity you're given and just keep working hard. That is... I think that's the perfect bookend yep. to this. Ladies and gentlemen, big shout out to Bailey Van De Geese for joining us today. You'll hear this next like Tuesday, but big shout out. It's hard to work everything into a schedule, and she did a really good job yeah. of fitting us into her time <laughs> slot. So thank you to her, and also shout out to Coach D for the recommendation. Yeah. Great recommendation. <laughs> yeah, Thank absolutely. you guys for having me. All right, once again, big shout-out to Bailey for carving out some time for us. Busy life. Yeah. Um, definitely, and definitely busy. Thankfully, we were both able to be there. We had, a, we had a tough time trying to figure out a time that worked for both of us. Yeah, I think it was easier for her yeah. <laughs> to pick out a time than it was for <laughs> us to pick out a time. Uh, but we got it done. Again, just huge shout-out. That was awesome. Yeah. And after the week she had... She had another great week. Uh, we might have more people. We might have people reaching out to us, seeing if they can be interviewed, so that <laughs> hopefully the good mojo wears off. Um, so, what do you have? I'll let you. Actually, I'll go first. Oh, okay. I have a shout out. Switch it up. I have a shout out. And this is really weird because they don't go here. They're never going to hear it, so it doesn't matter. But uh, shout out Ellie Borst. She was a pain <laughs> in our. <laughs> She was a thorn in our side for three games. And then she just casually went out and beat Hope. Yep. 
which uh, leads us up to this weekend when softball <laughs> takes on Hope. Enough said. Really, enough said. We have Shout a one-game one buffer, and uh, I like our odds. Yeah, it's, I, I like our odds. That series is going to be really fun. Yeah, I, fun's an understatement, I really think. Yeah, it really it's is. Gonna be, it's going to be a must-watch TV. Yeah, it's going to be a must-watch TV. It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I'm very excited. It's on Saturday. It'll be during the baseball game I'm calling. So, mm. uh, you know, one eye here, one eye there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, shout out Ellie Borst for taking down Hope. Yeah. And Calvin. Thanks for. That was well deserved. <laughs> thanks for being a pain in their butts for once. Yep. Drew, what do you got coming up next week? So, for baseball, we have. They travel to Calvin on the 30th for a two-game set. Then they come back the next day at home. The game's on Saturday, two and four, depending on what all happens there. We know baseball and softball, the times aren't always accurate. And then on and then on the 1st, it'll be one and 3.30. And then on the 6th, they go to Hope. Wait, that's technically two weeks. That's so. fine. We can talk about that next okay. week. We'll be back next week. Yeah. So then, men's lacrosse is done. For men's tennis, they travel to Calvin on the 1st at 11 a.m. to face the Knights. And the same with women's. And then that is it because all that's left for track and field is the tournament. Yep, and then for softball, pretty much the same thing. After that Hope game, it'll be tournament time. It'll just be whether it's there or here. Yep. Which we'll have for you guys next week. Absolutely. Make sure to tune in. Watch everything on the Try and Broadcasting Network that you can. Uh, me and Drew will try and work some more games together. Oh, I think all that's left is baseball. That might be Saturday, though. Um, I might be able to. I'll just put a paper bag over your head and drag you over there. It's okay. Okay. You won't yeah. have a choice. Okay. Um. Once again, shout out to Bailey for carving out some time in her schedule to come sit down with us. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was nice to nice to hear the athlete point of view. Yeah. I guess. It's all worth it. Hearing us talk about what's going on. Yeah. Super, super awesome of her to do. Once again, big shout out to Coach D for the recommendation. But make sure to follow my guy Drew on Twitter at DEverhart00. Me on Twitter at TheRealJohnK underscore. And Try and Broadcast on Twitter at Try and Broadcast. And Try and Softball. Follow Try and Softball on Twitter too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Finals week. Last podcast of the year. It's here. Yep. Don't cry. (laughs) I won't. That's a promise. Okay. I'll talk. talk to you guys next week. Bye. Wait, 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 wait. Cut the music. Cut the music. We forgot something. Athletes of the week, Drew. (laughs) Athletes of the week. See, this is what happens when you start something this late in the semester. You forget about it. Yep. So, we will start with the ladies because ladies first. I hope that didn't just make a big noise. It might have. Female athlete of the week goes to Megan Theismann. This was a tough choice, but... yeah. It's hard to beat people when they're breaking records. And uh, that's just what she did. Track and field athlete won the 5,000-meter dash and set a new trine record, running it in 17 minutes and 25 seconds. 
besting the old record of 17 minutes and 37 seconds. Currently 13th in the nation in the 5,000 meter dash. Man, that's <laughs> that's a that's, that's a heck impressive. of a weekend. That's a heck of a weekend. Honorable mention goes to Anna Keppel. We talked about dominant next because that's what she was doing. Yeah. All week long, three and zero, oh, seventeen innings pitched, seventeen strikeouts. I had to double check my math because mm-hmm. I know I'm not good at it, but I need a microscope to find this number: zero point zero six ERA. She gave up one run in seventeen innings. Man. Yeah. If you want to look back to the St. Mary's game, the you know the other game she yeah. started, yeah, one run in twenty three innings. <laughs> Dominant. Yeah. Next. Pure dominance. She was on fire. Second in the conference in wins with 11. Fourth in the conference in ERA with 1.79. Trailing teammates Adrian Rosie and Hannah Campman. Pretty pretty solid weekend. Pretty or solid. Probably, pretty solid week, I'd say. Yeah. Um, men's Athlete of the Week, Neil O'Brien. Again, tough to beat, beat people when they're breaking records. Uh, track and field athlete. The th- in the 3,000-meter steeplechase, I have no clue what that is, but I'm going to have to find out because it sounds intriguing. <laughs> yeah. Um, set the record with a 9.06, and that record had been standing for 40 years. That's a yeah, long that's time. Yeah, that's a long that's as, time. That's as old as my parents. <laughs> Mine's a, mine are a little older. At least my dad. I'm not going to say my mom's age because that's just rude, but my dad's <laughs> old, so I'll say it. Um, currently the D3 leader in that event. And was also a part of the 4 by 800 meter relay team that broke the school record of 7 minutes and 40, 54 seconds. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Um, honorable mention goes to Tyler Murphy. Three goals scored, one assist. Had the game winner in the semifinal match. Had the, had the goal that could have sparked a conference championship. Yep. Conference tournament championship if they could have held on. Um just couldn't quite finish the deal, but again, still one heck of a week. That was an awesome run for that team, and he was a big part of it. Shout out Tyler Murphy. Shout out all our athletes of the week. Quiet round of applause. And yeah, that's actually all we have now. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.